The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Brother From Another, your favorite show. If it's not your favorite show, it should be. Whether you're listening on Sirius XM Channel 85, whether you got that Peacock app, download the Peacock app for free. You can watch the show for free. Peacock TV, YouTube, however you're consuming us, we appreciate it. And Jason Johnson, I just wanted to let the people know, I understand that everybody's evolved. Everybody's evolved, right, Jason? I mean, this is, this is 2023. People are, they're just not looking at things on a superficial level. So, so beauty, <laughs> beauty is beyond, beauty is beyond skin deep, right? That's what you all know that. Okay, who are we kidding? You didn't want to see me today <laughs> on Women's Wednesday. You didn't want to see Dr. Jason Johnson today on Women's Wednesday. You wanted to see the women. No. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Bad news is bad news is we're here. Here's the good news. <laughs> women's Wednesday. Women's Wednesday is no more. Women's Wednesday is no more. I was teaching on Wednesday. Now the semester is over, Jason. I'm back. But Women's Wednesday was so great, we had to move it out from Wednesday to Friday. And starting tomorrow, starting Friday, excuse me, starting Friday, <laughs> we're going to have Ladies First Fridays. Ladies First Fridays. And so we had so much content, Jason. Uh, just incredible. Incredible content, incredible, incredible chemistry. Everybody who was a part of Women's Wednesdays, and we wanted to take it somewhere else. So starting on Friday, I love that logo too. Ladies First Fridays. So Jason, uh, I know you were part of Women's Wednesdays as a contributor. You can continue to contribute on Fridays too. Look, look, if the ladies let me in, I'll be humbled. If look, if men can get in free before 11, right? I'll do men's Friday. It's okay. <laughs> right. whatever, whatever, whatever way we can sneak in. <laughs> That's right. Free before Fridays. So I'm looking forward to that. Also right. looking forward to hanging with you, Jason. I haven't seen man. I haven't seen you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. Just cross, you know, a, a, across the table from you, so to speak. I see you all all over <laughs> networks and I hear you, but to sit side by side and talk about this stuff. I want to know. I don't know what your answer is on this. So wherever your answer is, this is where we're going to go first. Where did you come down in the MVP conversation? Were you a Jokic guy or were you an Embiid guy? There's no wrong answer. Let me see here. Oh, there is. There is. Um, <laughs> this, this, is this is very easy. Basketball is a sport and all sports are entertainment. Yes, they mean something in society. Yes, we gamble on them. Yes, they have cultural and racial implications, but ultimately it's entertaining. And who's more entertaining? Jokic, who's efficient and passes the ball and looks like one of those air flyer things outside of a car dealership? 
or Joel Embiid, who's funny and engaging and scores more points. This was not complicated. See, the most see, valuable, see. most interesting player in the league was Joel Embiid this year. Efficiency and effectiveness gives you Tim Duncan. That's boring. I would take KG's MVP over Tim see. Duncan all the time. Embiid hey, may hey. not make it to the championship this year, but he's definitely the MVP. Hey, bro, like, how is it that I ask you a question and I think it's going to be just like, you know, an easy answer and you just find a way to insult people when that's not even the, that's not even the exercise. You just naturally go in, go in at Jokic's neck. This was not a, it was no wrong answer, but you made it a wrong answer. You just attacked a, a great player who had his 10th playoff triple double yesterday. That's one more than Wilt Chamberlain had in the playoffs. Six more, seven more than Bill Russell had in the playoffs. Anyway, look, since you mentioned Embiid, let's start with Embiid because he is entertaining. He is funny. He led the NBA in scoring for the second year in a row. And yesterday, he wasn't even the most surprising player uh, getting it done for Philadelphia. It wasn't Joel Embiid. We expect him to do his thing. He had his, you know, 30-plus. That's what he does. Had a great chase-down block of... Jalen Brown, why didn't Jalen Brown dunk that thing? I don't know. When you're six eight and got hops like that, and Joel Embiid is trailing you, throw it down, or else you get your shot blocked. The most surprising thing, most surprising player was Tyrese Maxey going off for 30. And Jason, the Philadelphia 76ers, who have not beaten the Celtics in a playoff series since 1982. Wow on the verge of winning the series. What, what stands out to you here? What stands out to me is whenever you have a statistic about how one team hasn't beaten another since Big Wheels, the Smurfs, and Fat Albert, I'm always struck by the fact that at the end of the day, we're not talking about the same players. We're talking about completely generations of people. We're, we're talking about, you know, the Paul Pierce and the Antoine Walkers. I mean, you've got multiple generations of Celtics who have competed and made it to championships. So it, does, it doesn't hit me as much that it's been 30-something years since the 76ers. What does hit me is that this series has been a clear example of the fact that a heart of a champion, no matter how mediocre that champion may have been at times, and I'm talking about James Harden, and I'm talking about Maxi, and I'm talking about Joel Embiid, will always be better than Paper Tigers. I have said this all around about Jason Tatum. There is an icebox, there is a marshmallow, there is a, a cream pie that throws in your face where Jason Tatum's heart is supposed to be. He has all the talent in the world, but he cannot lead a team. He is the modern day version of Chris Webber. So as impressive as I've seen the 76ers be, it's really more about the Celtics not having leadership because if Jason Tatum was the man that his talent says he should be, if he was the man on that team, the 76ers would have been down 3-1. We'd be talking about the end of that series. Listen, at the end of this show, I want to go back and read the transcript of some of your one-liners, which are brilliant. Okay, I mean they're great. It all it sounds good. I, I, I know it's gonna read well. There are probably like a couple of lines in there, some literary references that I probably even missed. It's good. It's good. It's good, Doc. I know it is. It's always good. But have you forgotten? Have you forgotten why I'm 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 making such a big deal? about Philadelphia being on the verge of beating the Celtics. Now you made the great point of, hey, these are different players. That's why it's exceptional. Allen Iverson's 
Sixers couldn't beat Antoine Walker's and Paul Pierce's Celtics either. Uh, uh, Andre Iguodala's Sixers uh, and Drew Holiday's Sixers, y'all forgot, right? Drew Holiday was on the Sixers. They couldn't beat, you know, Kevin Garnett's and Ray Allen's and Paul Pierce's Sixers either. So it's been such a long time. That's why it's significant. It's in the DNA. It's seemingly in the DNA of both franchises, but more specifically, what you said about Jason Tatum, that's what Joel Embiid's critics have been saying about him, that the process has been stalled. He has never played in the conference finals. You want to talk about talent? He's the MVP of the damn league, and he's never been in the conference finals. So I, I think the person you should really be focused on is Joel Embiid, how this might be a, a, a threshold crosser for him because he's the guy who puts up stats, who is funny, entertaining, great hairline, uh, best hairline this side of Michael Smith, all that. But he's never been to the finals. So what are you going to say about him? At least, at least Tatum was in the NBA finals last year. You don't have to go year. to the finals. You, but, you don't but, have to go to the NBA pi- finals but, for me to be an MVP. I, I just how about Joel the conference, Embiid's how about the only finals? major weakness has been that he gets hurt. How about the conference finals? Even hey, conference okay. finals doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. My, look, what do you mean? My MVP criteria. My MVP criteria is very different. Number one, I need you to okay. be good. I need you to be effective. I need you to be impressive. I need you to be the difference in your team being a lottery squad like the Orlando Magic or actually being competitive. All of those things. I think are embodied in Joel Embiid and then do I want to pay to see you? That's what makes a difference. That's what makes somebody the MVP. That's what made Derrick Rose the MVP in 2010 as opposed to LeBron James. He had a year where Chicago wouldn't have gotten anywhere without him and he was the number one ticket that you wanted to see. So that to me was enough to make him MVP this year. Whether he makes the championship or not doesn't not make him an MVP. I don't know one person outside of a bunch of people perhaps somewhere in Eastern Europe who are saying to themselves, let's cobble together some coins so we can see the Joker. No, the only Joker that people people care about is Joaquin Phoenix and that terrible Joker movie that came out a couple years ago. They'd still rather watch that on DVD or Netflix or Disney Plus than go see the Joker now. He's not entertaining. He's not engaging. He's just a stat hog and that's not interesting. Come on, man. Come on. This team finished with the best record in the Western Conference. He's a triple double machine. He had another one last night. Let's talk about him. I feel like we got to give Joker some love and you know what entertainment. How about before the game? I bet you laughed. It was a belly laugh. You probably couldn't even contain your laughter before the game where he had a sight gag. He went up to the owner of the Phoenix Suns, new owner of the Phoenix Suns, who wouldn't give him the ball back. And he went up to Matt Ishbia and he said, here, here's the ball. Ha ha. Get it. Ha ha. And they had a nice little look at there. It is. Look at this. Oh, it's fun. Then they went out and they took a 3-2 lead in this series. He had his triple-double again, 10th of his career. Let me just point that out, in Wilt Chamberlain territory. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're on the verge of going somewhere that Joel Embiid has never been, and that is to the conference finals. It's entertaining. Why isn't it entertaining to you to watch a big man score and dish, no looks, bounce passes, oops, to his guys, rebound. Why is that entertaining? Are you not entertained? Why are you not entertained? 
Uh, Maximus, I am not entertained, okay? If I want a killing joke, I'll read the old comic with the actual Joker, Jack Napier, the one who shot people and is Batman's villain. A sight gag, look, if you have to set up a sight gag, that little thing that he did before the game, that's about as funny to me as the last segment on, like, Saturday Night Live before you go to bed. It's, it's garbage. It's extra. It's something that they just throw in so that somebody reminds them that they've actually filled out the space. I wasn't moved by that. I have to want to look at you and see oh, if you're interesting man. to watch play. Look, there's a lot of players who I love to watch play. They may not be the best players on their team, but if you are fun to watch and you are the best player on your team, Jokic should go all the way to the NBA Finals and win the Finals. And it'd be just like Tim Duncan. He was boring. He was ratings kryptonite. One of the best forwards ever, possibly the best forward ever in the history of the game. Right. But it didn't mean I wanted to watch right. a guy on a regular basis. Just saying. I like I like when he's uh, you know hold the ball, then he get you know get you know get on uh, on, on the elbow, then line it up for that bank shot. Come on, that Tim Duncan bank shot. You ain't like that. That fundamentally sound I, defense. Look, you didn't like that. What? I w- I Come was on. scarred. I was scarred by the 2002 NBA Finals with the Spurs and the Nets, which was the most painful finals. I have ever Next observed year. in year. my year life. Out. It almost O3, ended O3. my love affair with the NBA. <laughs> o three next year. I told you, you know, you know, this is like a, a stupid yes. parlor trick. I got like this little thing I, I do. I got I got the NBA Finals years cataloged mentally. So 2003, Nets and Spurs. 2002, Lakers, Lakers and Nets. See, and they shut them down. Lakers and Nets. But they were, but the Nets, but the Nets, the uh, the Nets, the next year, the Nets were actually more competitive in that Spurs series than they were against the Lakers, where they got swept. Anyway, uh, let me let me ask you this: Were you entertained at least by Kevin Durant shoving Jokic uh, when when Jokic and others were trying to go up to Monty Williams and they were trying to listen to the instructions that he was giving to his team, and Kevin Durant and others took exception to it. Durant gets a technical because he put a little shove on Jokic. Check out this. And it was so it was so ferocious, Jokic almost fell back. Oh. Whoa. What? What? Entertaining. Uh, just because Kevin Durant throat Kevin Durant decided to throw some bows at, at the Eastern European air dancer, which is basically what he does, he flops like a soccer player. But at least Messi is an international champion, so I can tolerate his flopping or Mbappe. No, I, I wasn't impressed by the flopping. Just like I haven't been impressed with most of what Kevin Durant's done. I haven't been that impressed with most of what the Phoenix Sun has done. The toughest defense he may have shown was pushing Jokic back. If, 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 if anybody, if Monty Williams was not screaming to that team, hey, how about you guys play some defense? Then he should have at least learned the lesson from throwing them bows. No, that didn't move me. That didn't impress me. The Phoenix Suns have been the most disappointing team in the playoffs for me. I really expected much better from them. I think the Nuggets are doing what I expected them to do. I think the, the 76ers yeah. doing better than I expected them to do. But the Phoenix Suns have been an absolute disappointment. I cannot believe they're getting run roughshod the way they are by team that really is not that impressive. You know what? You are in the bag today. Tell, I mean, tell us what, what you've been doing the last couple <laughs> days. I mean, you are on it. You are on one today. Uh, like, I, I don't think I've heard you like this in a long time. What's going on? It must be the end of the semester for you. It's the end of the semester in Morgan State, right? It is. <laughs> 
Right, that's it what is it the is. end of the semester. We 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 ended classes. You know, shout out shout out to all my students. We were teaching about right. a bunch of different things happening in the media world. I just look. I save all my love and hot takes for y'all, man. I'm just I'm just being honest. You know me. I'm just being honest. Jay gonna give it to you You're like on, X. <laughs> you are on fire today. You are on fire. I love it, Jason Johnson. I can't wait to. Well, you know, I can't wait because I want to ask you about some things in the culture. I want to ask you about some movies and some music. And there's some stuff I like, and I just know you're probably going to torch it. So I'm kind of looking forward to the end of the show, but I'm bracing myself because you're going to take something that's important to me and you're going to fillet it. I know you're going to do this, but I love you anyway. Thank you, Jason. Good to see you. We got we're going to have a lot of fun today. I can tell it. Oh, yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Joe, did you guys play as hard as you could after night? Um, I think we had the right intentions to play as hard as we could. Yeah, absolutely. Is there something going on, do you think, that needs to be looked into deeper with this team as to why you can't kind of expect them to play a certain way every that's night? It's a, a great question. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think when you have the intentions of really, really wanting to win, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, work out for you well sometimes. And so I thought we had intentions of really, really wanting to win and trying to win it. And uh, sometimes when that happens, it has a, a negative effect. And so um, I think we just have to you know, play with a freer mind. Uh, take a deep breath, and um, regardless of the situation, we just got to be ready to play. All right, A. Sharad Blakely is here, uh, and uh, Sharad and Jason, I want to ask you both: What is intention? What is it? What, what do intentions have to do with it? You know, Joe Mazzulla was asked by our guy Gary Washburn, "Did your team play hard as it could have played?" And he said, "We intended to." What does that mean? I, I don't understand. What is he trying to say, Sherrod? When I hear intentions, I get that participatory metal ribbon for everyone who shows up by. Like, my kids want to go out there and they intentionally want to play well. But if they get beat 72-0 in football, should they be? Am I supposed to? Well, you know, they, they intended to play well. No, they got, their, they got beat. They got beat. And we need to figure out how to not let that happen again. I, I think Joe Mazzulla, and bless his heart, bless his heart, he's a good guy, good coach. But there needs to be, again, 
there needs to be a moment of truth that he has with his team and, and just be real with him and say, hey, fellas, you are underachieving. You are not playing as well as you should, and we need to stop this. Either be the team that you say you are, or let's just, call, just, just, just put our hands together and count down. One, two, three, Cancun, because it's over if you don't. <sighs> What do you say, Jason? You already took your takedown of uh, of Jason Tatum. Uh, who else you want to take? Out? You want you want to go I, with Jalen Brown now? Who, who you want to take out next? I got to tell you, in sports, you know, in, in, intentions are the sports version of thoughts and prayers in politics. Okay, like you can give thoughts and prayers. It doesn't mean you're solving the problem. It just means you're thinking about it a lot and you wish things would be better. I am very careful very, very careful to ever question the effort of professional athletes because what they do is amazing. They put a tremendous amount of practice in to even be where they are. They clearly work hard. They clearly care, right? But sometimes you ain't just got the heart. You don't. Sometimes you got a big heart. Sometimes you got that dog in you. Sometimes you got that natural Jimmy Butler, right? And sometimes you're the Grinch with a heart this big. And that's what I think. You know, I, I don't know. The Grinch got a small heart. The other green people got small hearts. That's all the Celtics. They ain't got heart. They've never had heart. They don't have Kevin Hart. They don't have Bret Hart. They have no heart. And, and we saw that. We saw examples of this in the first round. When you let Trey Young hit that shot, when you let Trey Young pull up and hit that shot because Trey Young don't care, he'll go two for 14 right. in the 404 and still win by three. Okay, when they let that happen, I knew this was not a team that had the heart or intentions or the thoughts and prayers of being champions. Yeah, they really have. You know what, uh, Sherrod, if you look at it, and, I, and maybe I'm being um, conservative here in a sports sense. Okay, uh, you look at it, they blew game five, as Jason's talking about. They blew game five against the Hawks, closeout game. They messed around with game one of this Philadelphia series. Where they didn't play any defense. That's when Harden had his first 40 point game in the series. Game four, Joe Missoula becomes a coach who says, I think the first coach I've ever heard of who says, you know what I'm going to be named for? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be known for that Pat Riley and Phil Jackson were known for motivation. Some coaches are known for their beautiful <laughs> play designs out of timeouts. I'm going to be known as a guy who doesn't call timeouts. I won't call timeouts in overtime or regulation. So really, I've counted three playoff games that they've messed around with, probably should have won, and have blown them all. I mean, are we talking about, you said he's a nice guy, a good coach. I think you said, Sherrod. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? is? Is he a good coach? Is he? I think he he's a good coach who is doing the kind of things that happen when you're a good coach put in a position that you probably weren't as seasoned for as you should have been. I mean, remember, he was elevated from the assistant coaching ranks, but he wasn't the next thing. Man, he was number three on the depth chart. He wasn't even on the front row of the coaching, you know, line that they have at Kansas. So he is learning a lot of stuff on the fly, and you know what happens when you learn on the fly. You're going to make mistakes. The disappointment for, the disappointment for me has been the inability for the players around him to recognize this and basically cover their coach until he can get up to speed on where they're at. I mean, this is a team that has been to several deep playoff runs. They understand, or they should understand, what it takes to close out games. If you're Jason Tatum and you're the best player on the floor and, and you figured out a couple of things, you are not kicking the ball out to Marcus Smart in the closing seconds. 
in a game you need, need to win. You're going to shoot the damn ball. Uh, you're not going to have a situation where you're playing a team like Philadelphia and you're averaging 20 shots a game and your next best player is only averaging 15 shots a game and yet you're scoring one bucket more per game than he is? There's things that are going on with this team that just don't make sense and Joe Mazzula is an easy lightning rod to point to, but he's just part of the problem. They've got to, they, they either got to figure this out or again, first they need to do at the end, at the, you know, before the start of the game, one, two, three, Cancun, call it a day. Don't prolong this if you are if you don't have the heart to win this series. Don't prolong it beyond games. Can I just add? Do you know how bad a coach you have to be that you're getting out coached by Doc Rivers? Doc oh. Rivers, who's the modern day Lenny Wilkins, who's underachieved almost every single place he's been, Another except one. when he's got a tremendous mate. like like that's how bad the Where's coaching is for the Celtics. Another one. I, listen, I got I got a list already. He's all, hey, Sharad, he's already taken out, by my count, he's already taken out 26 people. It's like, it, we're 28 <laughs> minutes into the show. He's almost like, you got to take it up to have like a person a minute. You just took out Doc Rivers and Lenny Wilkins in the same yeah. thing. What a poor Lenny Wilkins. Poor Lenny Wilkins. The same. Come on. What, what was that? He won a lot of games and lost a lot of games. He underachieved. Oh, wow. Man, you cold blooded. I, I mean, anybody tell me I'm wrong here? Because because I'm not. Like like if you're getting out coached by Doc Rivers, you're doing something wrong. In in well, all of you, his years in the NBA, ain't nobody ever said that Doc Rivers was a great coach as far as strategy and adjustments and like never. That has never well, happened. Good motivator, knows, nice guy, great role model, but ain't a great coach. No one has ever believed that. And here he's literally looking like he's out coaching someone. That is an embarrassment. I would I look. The Celtics are gonna have a lot to reevaluate at the end of the year, but that's just the top of the problems that they have on top of Jason Tatum. Now, to be fair, Sherrod, help me out here. Uh, wasn't Doc Rivers, the NBA just had their 75th anniversary celebration. Wasn't Doc Rivers one of the one of those uh, like a handful of coaches, notable coaches in well, league history? Wasn't he on that list? Yeah, well, the thing about that is Doc is in the top 10 all-time wins for coaches. So he's, no matter what you think of him as a coach, even, and whether he leans heavily on motivation or not, the bottom line is his teams, through the course of time, have won a lot of games, haven't won a lot of championships, but he's won a lot of games. And part of that, I, I think I call it the, the Phil Jackson syndrome, where he's had some teams that have ridiculous talent, where you can pretty much hit the auto button and win like 50, 55 games. Um, and in this series, I don't think Doc is doing a great coaching job. I think he's doing the most fundamental thing you do. My two best players are James Harden and Joel yeah. Embiid. We're going to run pick and Absolutely. Period. And that's, that's literally Absolutely. all they're doing. And so I can't get on Joe Mazzulla for being out coached when the coach that is out coaching is not doing anything but one play. One play. Yeah, exactly. Going going to his guys. Uh, do you both believe? Uh, I want I want you both to weigh in on this. Do you believe that the winner of this series is the is the favorite to win the championship, or or someone else? Uh, uh, Doc, I guess no. you take this one first. Uh, what do you think? Oh God! Goodness gracious! No. No, neither of these teams are going to win the championship. Nobody in the Eastern Conference is going to win the championship. The winner of the NBA championship this year is either going to be the Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, or the Nuggets. 
It ain't going to be anybody coming out of the East unless somebody comes in, unless it's the six day law and somebody clones Jimmy Butler and Spolster puts five Jimmy Butlers on the court and they make it to the NBA finals. That's the only way anyway out of the East is going to win. It's not going to be Embiid. It's not going to be Harden. It's not going to be any of these guys. They're going to run out of energy. They're going to run out of gas. They're going to run out of talent and they'll be exposed for the mediocre coaches that most of them are being coached by. So no, the champions coming out of the West. We just don't know which one's going to be yet. I'm going Denver. I'm going Denver. One, not only because they're the highest seeded team that's still playing, but just the way that they're playing. The fact that they got some low key dogs in the in the pound that people are starting to start get a feel for. I mean, heck, their best player, he will go after your best player. He will go after your owner if you get in the way. Don't mess with the Joker. He's that bad. He's that dude. He's that dude. And the hey. other thing too about Denver, they don't lose at home. Don't, literally, hey, listen, don't ask. Don't say that to Jason Johnson. By the way, before he came on, he was going to Joker. He doesn't like Joker either. He think he doesn't think he's entertaining. Not a fan. He, he thinks he's, he's just a he's just, just a he's just a he's just a stack compiler. He just he just he just one of those guys. I like my MVPs to actually numbers. jump from time to time. That, like that's that's MVP. me. I like my MVPs to jump. I like them to be somewhat entertaining. I like them to be people who are other than just pad statters. Nah, I, Joker Joker doesn't do anything for me. I, I, he wins games. He gets the team moving in the playoffs. And last I checked, they're kind of good. And they're kind of the favorite that everyone is pointing to. And the reason why is because he's that dude. Listen, if you're willing to go after an owner, whether you whether you know it's an owner or not, I don't give a damn. You are that bad a man. You're a bad dude. He's a bad dude. I don't see anyone willing to step to. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I'm not saying he can't play. I'm not saying he's not interesting. I am saying that only a certain kind of person could put their hands on an owner and still be playing the next day. So don't even get me Real started time. on the fact that this man put his hands on an owner, even though the owner was being a jerk and got yeah, nothing was. but a fine out of it. I promise you if that were to happen to another player, there would be many, many more conversations and potential consequences for putting your hands on a team owner. So you think, so you think if you, you, you think if uh, if Joel Embiid had done that to the owner who was, as you said, he was being an ass. I mean, come on, give the ball up, man. You're sitting there just yeah. because you're yeah. rich and, and, and own the team doesn't mean you do whatever you want. Give the ball back. But you think if Joel Embiid had done that, he would have been suspended? Fine. I don't. You do? Fine. I'm saying the owner was fine. a problem. The owner was a problem. He gives off dollar store Mark Cuban energy. Okay, like I'm not saying that there was anything right about the owner. I'm saying that the consequences of an African-American athlete, a, a, a non-native born African-American athlete in any shape, way or form engaging in aggressive physical action against a white owner of an NBA. And I don't even have to say white owner because pretty much all of them are white of an NBA team. I think there would have been greater consequences than just a fine. That's what I thought was a problem about what Joker did. Now, again, he got away with it. It's fine. The owner got away with it. It's fine. But if Joel Embiid does that, if Giannis does that, uh, the only person I think could potentially get away with that would be LeBron. And at this point, LeBron could probably punch somebody in the face and they'd be like, okay, LeBron, we just need you for the ratings. Or maybe Steph Curry, in which case they'd probably blame the owner and say, that's okay, Steph, it's okay. We need you to keep playing and keep being a front runner. No, Joker got away with something that I don't think most players would ever get away with. And I think race has something to do with it. The, the, the thing that shocked me in all that is that there was literally 
no punishment. I, I thought he would get fined. I thought there would at least be a fine. But the fact that he got away literally scot-free in broad daylight for, for doing that to a fan, the, the NBA, they, they, they got some issues. They, they got some issues. And, and we all know that when you start kind of sifting through the weeds, there's a lot of ground in, 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 those, in the basis of those issues. But see, I, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just, I, I disagree with you guys. I mean, look, I thought Jokic said it the right way when he was asked, "Hey, you think you'll be, you'll get in trouble?" He said, "Look, so they're not going to protect me as a player from a player perspective." No matter. Go ahead, Mike. You don't think that's the answer? You don't buy that? No, I don't think that was. No. I think that was great response on Jokic. I don't believe that's real. I don't believe that's true. He wasn't afraid for his life. No. No, 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 not not afraid. No. no, you're not afraid for your life. But listen, you set a precedent. If you're letting people like interact with players like this and then and hold on to the ball, not like you're afraid of them, but you know, any all it takes is something stupid and something silly to you know have you trip over somebody, sprain an ankle, whatever. No, you can't have. You cannot have the precedent of people being on the court interacting with players. You just can't do it. So I agree with him. It's not like protecting them. Because they're scared, you just can't do that. I, I agree with it, but this is a larger conversation. We got to have this conversation. I didn't think he'd go in this direction, do. but I like where it's going. Because we have touch on the referees and control or lack of in my own situation. That's another scoop another day. Because I got balance in the right. palace by I saw two on one there. Now, next time we talk, gotta, I heard Joker's statement. We're gonna work on your mic though. We're gonna work on your mic though. I heard Joker's <laughs> statement, and I heard some real I feared for my life energy. I didn't like the sound of it, and we hear that too often. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I think Jordan Poole, you know, to be quite honest, has just showed us um, some selfishness, the body language on the bench and during timeouts and some of the comments in the locker room and, you know, turning his music on on his cell phone in the locker room so he could hear music, which in it was, you know, typically supposed to be a dour environment after you lose such a tough game. Uh, you know, maybe it might be time this offseason for both teams to like kind of part ways, especially with Moody's ascension, because he just um, 
really been kind of disappointed about Poole's, uh just everything from the way not only he's played, but the lack of accountability as well. Mm, Mark Spears with some strong words about Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole and the Warriors down three games to one, or more accurately, down one three. I like to go with the team that's down. You got one. You're down one three, and you got a game tonight. Chase Center in San Francisco. Season on the line. Spears, anything in the last day that makes you reconsider uh, what you said in that interview about Jordan Poole? No, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes tonight. Sometimes I think it's inevitable for both sides that there's a divorce. I mean, obviously it's been, you know, tough for him since the beginning of the season, obviously with the Draymond situation. And uh, I'm sure if Draymond could go back in time, he'd change that. Can't. It is what it is. But I think right now in the postseason, man, it it doesn't have to be about you. It can't be about you. It has to be about the team. It has to be about survival. And on the flip side, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, Moses Moody was disappointed. I'm sure Gary Payton II was disappointed about playing time. I know Kaminga has been disappointed about playing time. But Moody and Gary Payton, when it was time to play, they were ready. They, they showed up and, and they've taken their roles. And for Moody, that's been a, a lot of DMPs during the regular season. And so... Sure, I know it's hard when when you're Jordan Poole and you've had the success that he's had, score the points that he's had, and then now, you know, um, your role has changed. But as you guys know in the playoffs, man, they they don't have time to take chances. They don't have time to let somebody get hot. Maybe Klay Thompson gets a, a bigger rope because he's earned that. But, you know, I think right now, the way things were after the game, the last thing it should be is about yourself. And so, I mean, there is a way for Jordan to change that. You know, he I'm sure he'll get an opportunity today. And, uh, you know, if he could help save their season, maybe it changes the course of things. But I think after the game, uh, during the game and after the game, yeah, there, there's certainly some disappointment. But I know um, right now that, that that's the last thing the Warriors need is, it's some extra drama on top of their, you know, hopes well, to just stay alive. I, I want you both to hear this. Uh, you know, Doc, I am a, a faithful listener of the Draymond Green podcast. You are two Spears, I'm sure. So Draymond uh, podcast just dropped and Draymond talking about uh, their, their situation. Uh, the Warriors being down 3-1. And, and by the way, before we before we get to it, though, before we get to it, I just want to say uh, and, and like this is one of the things about the Warriors that kind of gets under my nerves. They talk about history a lot. They're always talking about their history. And even though Doc, as you pointed out, sometimes these teams, it's a different roster. When you came back against OKC, you you probably had Sean Livingston on the roster. I mean, like, yeah, everything's clay hadn't had two serious injuries. I mean, they keep talking as if they're the yeah, 73 well, hey, they, win you gotta Warriors. Find, you got to find faith from somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I mean, we've done it before. They are right well, now. They're down 3 1. Yeah, you you got to find, it, you know, it, it, it's like a preacher. We'll get to Even it in, in a second. your darkest hour, they got to find some faith somewhere. So that's all they got left. That's the only faith they yeah. got left is OKC, right? So uh, 
you got to draw from that because that's the only thing to draw from. All right, here let's let's hear Draymond. First to four, not the first to three. Whether it's three one, whether it's three zero, oh, no matter. It's the reason it's a seven game series. It's the first to four, and we understand that every game won in a series flips the pressure to the other team. The moment you win a game, the pressure flips to the other team. I don't care if it's game one. I don't care if it's game six. Only time the pressure doesn't flip to the other team is when you win game seven. Once game seven is won, pressure doesn't flip to the other team. That team goes home, you move on. So for us, the goal is to win one game. We've been here before. You go win one game, all the pressure flips. You go back to crypto, three to two, essentially puts them in a must-win situation. No one wants to go on the road for game seven. And we got nothing to lose. Down three, one. You come out swinging, go down swinging if you do go down, but we're not going down. But you leave that court with no regret. And like I said, you win one game, series flips, pressure flips, everything flips. You buy that, Jason Johnson? You buy the the, uh, the Draymond theory? One win and the pressure's back on the Lakers? You know, Michael, I'm going to put together a book at the end of this, this playoff season called The Philosophy of Losers. I'm going to put this chapter from Draymond right next to that speech that Giannis gave. Is the season a failure if we didn't win? Yes, it is. You're an MVP. Your goal is to win. It's a failure if you don't make it to the championship. That is the biggest load of garbage I have ever heard from a guy like Draymond Green, who's one of the most impressive, toughest, and single-minded on winning persons, characters, players in the league we've seen in the last 25 years. This ain't no flipping one way or another. Some of the Lakers may not even show up tonight because they think they can close it out as home. The pressure doesn't flip back and forth depending on wins. The only time there's real pressure, if you're talking about a playoff series, is if somebody wins on the road. And right now, it looks like the Golden State Warriors can't win on the road. So no, that's absolute nonsense. I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I think it could be a blowout either way, quite frankly. But Draymond is trying to psych himself up and psych out the other team because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Warriors have been coached poorly. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm. Steve Kerr is a good coach, but he got this team. He's accomplished some things, but I still consider him to be the non-racist John Gruden, you know, of the NBA as far as taking somebody else's team and doing a lot of great things with it. And he's been outcoached, outdone, outmotivated, and this team is old. And Draymond is trying to come up with an excuse so they can feel better about the fact that they have underachieved throughout this series to a Lakers team being taught by a rookie coach who has literally gone ham up, up to and exposing the fact that Steve Kerr tried to use one of his own plays against him. Nah, I don't believe anything Draymond just said. What do you think, Spears? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I kind of what I said before, man. This is this is all they got left. This is what they got to draw from. The thing that makes it more difficult is when the Warriors did it against Oklahoma City. This was a young KD, a young Russ, right? This 3-1 team that's ahead in the Lakers has a guy named LeBron James. And I know that LeBron James is going to have that team mentally ready to play. Um, that they're not going to take the situation for granted. You know, LeBron has said that uh, the hardest win to get is the one where you knock a team out. So I'm, I'm sure, like that stat right there is telling. That tells you that he always has his team mentally prepared to play in this game. I, I do agree with Draymond. I think the Warriors will play loose, but you being a team being three down three one doesn't just automatically make you 
change the way you've been playing? Are they going to continue to take threes that are going to be, you know, bad selections when they they need to mix in a two? Are they going to continue not to get to the to the line? Are, are they going to come out with the right aggression? You know, it, it doesn't change the struggles that they've had this entire season. So, uh, but I think where the Warriors know is other than that one game, like they, they, I feel like they blew the last game that they, they know they can beat the Lakers. This isn't a team that you definitely feel can dominate them. And, and I do think that at this point, mentally, you just, it's simple, but you do take it one game at a time. Uh, well, does it take pressure off? I don't think so because they are the defending champs. It will be in, in disappointing. It will be embarrassing to lose at home to finish here. So uh, I don't know how loose you could play when your season's on the line. Um, so I, I I don't agree that the pressure is off, but I do think this team does have the mentality to potentially make this interesting as well. So Spears, that headline kind of uh, references it. There's more than the season. More is taking game five for the Warriors right now. And, and Doc Johnson, I know you believe that LeBron can be a dynasty killer. If they win this game, Doc, start with you. If they win this game, is this another dynasty slay for LeBron James? King James is the slayer of dynasties. You go back to the Pistons, when he knocked out the Pistons, they never made another championship. He knocked out the Celtics, never managed to get themselves back together. He knocked out, you couldn't quite call them a dynasty, they were a very good team. He knocked out Toronto. He ended, he ended the OKC dynasty before it started. Because when they had Russ and KD and James Harden, after they lost in those finals, they lost James Harden. You are a dynasty killer. When you knock teams out in the playoffs or the finals and the, 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 the loss hurts them so bad that they have to change their whole roster. They got to get rid of people. They start bringing in stars, getting rid of stars. It's not even the same team. If the Lakers manage to beat Golden State in this series, whether it's tonight, which I think is possible, or whether it's in the next game, if the Lakers beat this Golden State team, he will have killed this dynasty because I do not believe that this same core three of Draymond, Clay, and Steph will still be there next season. I think there is a very good chance that one of these people, and by one, I mean Draymond, could very likely be gone next year. They will have to get some youth, they will have to improve on defense, and they're going to have to move somebody substantive. I know we're only at the shallow end of the Jordan pool at this point, but I think there's a lot more depth there. I think he's having a bad postseason, but I don't necessarily think you want to get rid of him, especially after the money that they just gave this guy. But I think LeBron's is going to get this done. He's going to knock these people out. And for all the folks who were, who were just literally smoking something that I can't comprehend, maybe it's the dust that LeBron throws up at the beginning of the game. Anybody who was on that narcotic Okay, that somehow some shape way or form that if Steph won this series, he was going to compete with LeBron for being on the, the Mount Rushmore. No, you can't. You can't be on Mount Rushmore if you ain't never been a two way player and you've always been a front runner, which is what I say oh, about see, Steph. Here it is. This series is oh, over. It is. It's either over tonight it or it's oh, over Friday I'm and the dynasty's you. done. You, you've made it. You made it. Hey, Spears, he is now at 50 minutes into the show. He has now taken down 52 <laughs> people. Uh, yeah. in, in 50 minutes. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of, lot of, so, lot of hatred. A lot of hatred. I'll tell you. I love LeBron. Steph, Steph, hey. Steph Curry is, is a, a, one of the icons of the league, just like LeBron. Um, two, I'm, I'm not going to, that putting Toronto on that list, that's, eh. 
I mean, well, I don't know why Toronto was on that list. What did, what did they do to deserve to be on that list? And they won it the next yeah. year. That that yeah, Detroit team right. and well, the Boston but that's the team. point. They changed oh, after no, I'm that talking, loss. I'm talking. Hold on. They hold changed on, the whole team. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I but they hadn't done anything. They don't deserve to be on that list. Um, in terms of the Warriors, obviously a lot is dependent on whether Draymond, uh, you know, opts in and out. I think there's a good chance he does opt in. Um, the the question is more: Will Bob Myers be back? Because if Bob mm-hmm. Myers isn't back, and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't return, uh, whoever comes in next, I mean, it, that that could spark the end of everything. So to me, the front office is the bigger question right now before Draymond Green. But I do think if the, their their big three is back, it is incumbent on whoever the general manager is to bring a better group of players around them. There needs to be some size, not just one big, but maybe two bigs to go with Looney. The team is just too small. They don't score in the mm-hmm. post. With Poole, I think you really have to you 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 might have to consider moving him. Um, if you got to if Draymond opts in, that's a twenty five million dollar opt in. So for Draymond, I don't know. This is a, this is a lot here. I don't know how long we could talk about this. Wow. But where is he going to go? Like who is going to have money for him? If it's a rebuilding situation, is he going to go to a rebuilding situation at this time of his career? No way. I don't know. No. Like, who yeah. has money to give to him? You're right. So it's it's. Yeah. I think it's too complicated right now to kind of. But I, talent wise, if those three guys are back and they put the right people around them, they're certainly capable of being an elite team next year as well. You're right. There is a lot to talk about. We will talk about it possibly after tonight uh, when uh, the, the series could end uh, with the Lakers victory. We'll see. But I want to talk about love. There's been so much, so much hate on the air today. I want to talk about a love story. You're wearing the beautiful uh, insignia of Langston University, Langston, an HBCU out in Oklahoma, and you were privileged enough to be the commencement speaker. You had an honorary uh, you were the speaker. I know you got an honorary doctorate out there. Uh, just uh, give us some give us some words of wisdom on that experience. <laughs> oh, man, it was amazing. Shout out to Langston University, uh, only HBCU in, in Oklahoma. I had a fantastic time. Dr. Smith, thanks for the hosting me, and they gave me a doctorate. So, I mean, I ain't saying y'all got to call me Dr. Spears or anything like that, but, I, you know, I do got a, <laughs> a, a a doctorate on my resume now. So it's, uh, I mean, it was an amazing experience, and, and I kept it simple. I think I was, like, in the 12-minute range in the commencement speech because I realized they're not there to see me. I'm just the appetizer right. to the, to the you know, the main course, which is seeing their family members graduate. But, you know, it was a memorable time, and I thank them for giving me that honor. Doc Johnson and Doc Spears. Man, hey, Doc I, Johnson I, I, be coming with it, man. You got to bring him back, boy. You oh, got oh, some listen, opinions, is, baby. You got this opinions. Is like, <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a 60-point triple-double today. I mean, he's got everything I got to drink some coffee next time with Doc Johnson, baby. Look, Good to see I you, envy you, Mark. HBCU graduations are the loudest ones in existence. I'm glad you went. Oh, uh, it was dope. Shout out Langston. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right. Jason Johnson. Dr. Jason Johnson. This is... A, I'm not surprised that a jury uh, found that Donald Trump sexually abused and defamed E. Jean Carroll, the writer. Okay responsible for $5 million. Not surprised by that. I am surprised a by the people who continually defend Trump and B as you point out, there's a town hall. Donald Trump is going to be a part of a town hall the day after this jury. Are you the day after this judgment? What's wrong with people doctor? Tell me. I am very rare. I very rarely have sort of overall criticisms of other media people, but I'm sorry. I I actually think this is a mistake by CNN. I think that platforming Donald Trump is a problem. I'm, I'm deeply concerned that he's going to be allowed to just lie as much as he wants, and he's not going to be fact-checked in real time. And I'd be willing to wager, I would literally put money on this, that he might get one question about the fact that he was convicted yesterday for sexual abuse and probably not face any follow-ups. There is a difference between interviewing people and platforming people. Interviewing people is holding public officials or public entities accountable. Platforming is letting them have free reign to say nonsense, and that's what's happening. Absolutely. Uh, And I I think uh, it is fair to criticize the media like we we have normalized, so we really have normalized some of the behavior and have caused and we we've really stunted the growth of our own profession as we bend over backwards to normalize and legitimize right. uh, people not just like Donald Trump but people like uh, Donald Trump. But I'll say this: switching gears, I'll say it seems as if you are getting your resume ready for uh, writing in Hollywood because you had so many one-liners today, perhaps. You want to be a Hollywood writer. There is a Hollywood strike, a writer's strike. Uh, No, serious issue, you know, all jokes aside. uh, And I think we will hear and see the effects of the strike. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think it's really important. Look, this this strike going on right now, this affects everybody, okay? All the writers are asking for is to be fairly paid for the content they create. All these large studios make millions and millions of dollars in streaming, and they're not properly compensating the writers. There are writers out there right now who used to make their money off of reruns. They used to make their monies off of syndication. Now everything is being put on streamers, and they're being told, well, we can't pay you as much. Companies like Netflix are not even releasing the calculations and numbers behind what's being seen, and they're cheating writers out of money. And on top of that, writers have to battle against the encroaching attack of AI. You've got situations now where there's a real fear that studios will say, I'm going to have AI write this rom-com and then pay the writer half as much money to fix it. This is a very important strike. We really have to support these folks and tweet out 
everything you can in support of these writers. It's 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 a labor fight that the whole country needs to pay attention to. Here's a writer I want to support. Her name is Megan the Stallion. She wrote an essay in Elle magazine talking about a situation uh, that ha- that was traumatic for her. She says the last time that she's going to write about it. I-, I encourage you take your time. You can find that uh, Megan the Stallion. Uh, just really a wonderful job. Doc Johnson. Always great to see you, man. Uh, you got to come back soon. Uh, you probably you probably should just take a rest. <laughs> I mean, that was incredible. That was an incredible. I think the number we got to was like 65 or 70 people that you took out. What it's, is it? It's a high What's body count, man. It's a high body count. Are you you decided you were gonna come in and just be a puncher today? I mean, guns blazing, guns blazing. I had, I had, I had to come in. I had to come in and bring it strong, man. You know, I can't. You know, I can't go. I can't go zero to fifty. I got to go zero to one fifty. Who wins tonight? Lakers or Warriors? Who you got? Support the Riders, y'all. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal. And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.